Hey there, friend. Chances are, if you're listening to the Inventory Genius podcast, it's because, well, you really want to become an inventory genius. If that's you, then let's stop just listening. Let's stop just collecting information. Let's start doing. I want to invite you to grab your copy of the Inventory Genius book. I wrote this book with you in mind. It delivers bite-sized actionable steps that will help you use your inventory to create more profit and keep more cash in your business. This is a really easy to read book. In fact, I designed it specifically for the busy inventory-based business owner. It only takes about two hours to make your way through and you're gonna leave with practical bite-sized steps so you can start implementing the principles of the Inventory Genius Method immediately. Head on over to sierrastockland.com where you can grab your ebook, your audible version, or the printed copy. Enjoy. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Hey there, friend. As always, I'm so excited that you decided to tune in to this week's episode of the Inventory Genius Podcast. As I was putting together this year's podcast schedule, I noticed that in 2023, there were several episodes that people absolutely loved. They tuned into these episodes again and again. I received notes of encouragement or notes about things that people had taken away, things that they were able to apply, bite-sized actionable steps that really changed their business. And so I decided to take these popular episodes and play them here again for you. So whether you are a faithful listener to the Inventory Genius podcast, or maybe you found us this week for the very first time, I want you to sit back and enjoy this week's replay of a popular episode from 2023. Thanks for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about keeping more money. Don't we all want to keep more money? All right. I'm going to read to you a little bit from this chapter. More money on the bottom line, more cash in the bank account, a paycheck for you. All three of these goals can be achieved by increasing top line sales. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, we all just want more money in our businesses, more money in our bank accounts, more money to take home. Whether it is so we can finally pay the bills without stress or so we can replace our past C-suite income or just so we can finally feel like we have a legit business. We all want to keep more cash. We have seen that a high top line number doesn't necessarily mean that we have more money to live by. However, once we have fine-tuned our financials and are confident that our reports are accurate, it's time to start back up at the top and try to increase our sales in a smart way. In everything I teach, I like to find the root of our problem so we are trying to solve and then we begin to dissect, simplifying it down into bite-sized, actionable steps. More money on the bottom line, more cash in the bank account, a paycheck for you, all three of these goals can be achieved by increasing top-line sales. Okay, so there's three ways that we can 
create more top line revenue. We can increase our conversions. We can increase our average ticket or the order value, or we can increase our traffic. And actually there's four ways because we can also do a combination of any one of these three. Okay. So increasing our conversions, increasing average ticket or the order value is it might show up in your point of sale system and then increasing our traffic or, you know, alternatively, we can really create um, a mix of all three, two or three or all three of these pieces. Okay. So let's discuss each of those, each of these as it uh, pertains to becoming an inventory genius. So increasing conversions, what are some ways that you can increase conversions? First of all, if you are not currently tracking conversions in a brick and mortar location, I want you to stop right there and I want you to do it. Okay. Now I am going to get probably a little pushback from some of you. Um, this is normal and that's okay. A lot of my team members would also push back and say, oh, Sierra, you know, we can't get a hold of, you can't count every single person that comes in. Or what do we do when the, the cute little old man comes in with his daughter and granddaughter? Do we count them all? What do we do when it's really busy on a Saturday and we're working alone? What happens when we have four people on the team and everybody's working and nobody remembers to count? Well, in my opinion, those are all just excuses for not doing the hard work or focusing on the right things. And honestly, are you doing anything right now? Do you even know how many people come in your store? Probably not. So if you have a brick and mortar location, I want you to start counting your traffic. This is the number one thing that will march you towards increasing your conversion. So what is a conversion? A conversion rate is taking the people that come in and then of those people that come in, how many of them actually make a purchase? And you can find the conversion rate by dividing the purchases by the overall traffic number. Okay. So if you're starting to count traffic, let's say you have 10 people in your store in any given period of time. And of those 10 people, seven of them make a purchase. You have a 70% conversion rate. So you take seven divided by 10 and it would give you your conversion rate. And this is so important that before you start trying to improve something, and this goes for anything in your business, before you start improving something or trying to improve something, we need to have a benchmark. We need to know like the baseline and you can't know that if you've never tracked it. So I want you to start tracking your conversion rates. Um, Susan Bradley, who many of you love, I'm going to give a plug out to her right now. If you have not followed her over on the social sales um, girls podcast, you need to listen to Susan if you are an e-commerce store. So my brick and mortar stores, you know, conversion while there's nuances and, you know, yes, you have to be accurate and track and all the things, um, it's a little easier, right? Because we can track this many people came in, this many people made a purchase. We can see them shopping. We can see their, their traffic patterns. But this can be done through e-commerce as well. And Susan has a lot of helpful tools and tips that I would love to direct you towards when it comes to tracking and understanding conversion on e-commerce. So either in either case, whether you're e-commerce or brick and mortar or combination, you need to start tracking your conversions in order to increase your conversions. Now, once you've tracked them and you know what's going on in your business, what are some ways that you can increase your conversion rate? Well, for an e-commerce business, it's having email flow set up so that you capture abandoned carts and remind people to come back and shop. Um, brick and mortar, it is having um, a training system that you use with all of your team members to ensure that everybody is greeted the same way, that you get them into a fitting room, that you help them a certain way in a fitting room. Um, those are all things that can increase your conversions and therefore increase your overall sales. Okay. Next thing on our list is increasing our average ticket or our order value. 
So if you're a brick and mortar store, the fitting room is the absolute best place for you to increase this average ticket. Um, you know, in our stores, we never left it to chance. I didn't let people wander around the store and hopefully make their way back to a fitting room. And in fact, we didn't even do the typical, like, I'll take your stuff or can I take your stuff and put it in a fitting room for you? We would tell people, let me put your things in a fitting room and I will be back and see if you need anything else. Right. So we told the customer what we wanted to do for them. And then on the way back to the fitting room, we would grab alternate items that were, you know, if they had everything in their hand was black and gray, we would grab a couple other cute black and gray things or um, an extra necklace or whatever for a clothing store. And we would accessorize and merchandise their fitting room for them and then go back to them and say, hey, I put you in fitting room number one. I added some cute things for you. Let me know if you need anything. We were very proactive with how we use the fitting room in order to increase that average ticket, right? So instead of somebody just buying the cute t-shirt that fit them, that they picked out themselves, they're now also buying the cardigan that goes over the top of it and the necklace and the cute pair of earrings and a pair of shoes and a cami, right? Right? We're increasing that average ticket. There's tools and apps and things that you can use for e-commerce stores to do add-ons and bundling so that when people make um, a purchase that they know, hey, you know, X amount to free shipping. If you spend, this happens to me all the time, you guys on e-commerce stores where I'll be like, oh, you're $75 away from free shipping. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> shipping probably wouldn't be 70, but I want the free shipping, right? And so I buy more things, which increases their average ticket for me as a customer. So lots of ways we can look at increasing the average ticket. And then lastly, increasing traffic, okay? So this might be one of the harder things to just tackle right away. I think if any of these, um, you know, if you're thinking, well, which of these would I hit up first? I would definitely look at increasing your average ticket first and then probably leaning into your conversion rate. And lastly, going and taking a look at how you could increase overall traffic. So how do you even just get more people to your website or more people into your store? But of course, traditional ways of increasing traffic, advertising, marketing, um, things like partnering with local um, charities and nonprofits, being active in your community, um, doing, you know, if you're a social seller, there's ways where you can do takeovers and you can swap ideas. Um, example, I just got my colors done, which I mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago. And when I left, um, the gal that did my colors was awesome and gave me a guide of a bunch of resources that I could use, you know, where I could go to get my hair done so that I knew the right color, where I could go to shop with the link. What a great way for that store to increase their traffic where they're now using a brand ambassador, basically from somewhere way across the world, actually, because the store was in the UK that she, um, that she recommended to me. And now they were suddenly getting a potential customer in Tennessee because I saw their link and I was recommended to their store. So there's lots of ways that you can creatively work with ambassadors and affiliates and things like that to increase traffic, both e-commerce wise or in your brick and mortar. You know, if you're a design service um, or maybe you're a furniture store and you, you know, work with a local design service and they recommend and then they get a portion of the sales um, salons, there's ways that you can cross, um, you know, cross promote with other um, beauty salons or excuse me, beauty spas or things like that um, to drive extra traffic. So no matter the type of inventory you have, always taking a look at these three things to increase your sales, increasing your conversions, increasing your average ticket or increasing your traffic or a combination of all three of them. So your bite-sized actionable step for today is to decide which of these you're gonna focus on starting now.
Okay. It's really easy for us to get information, to get an idea, to get all jazzed up about something and never apply it, never take action. So I want you to decide bite-sized actionable step. I want you to decide which of these three you are going to start focusing on now and how you are going to start focusing on it. What are you going to do to take action on one of these three areas in your business today? All right. I want you to become an inventory genius. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I will see you again next week for more. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you want to dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I want to help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me. I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey there, friend. You know how important it is to me that you have accurate and up-to-date books when it comes to your business. Now, we're not all wired to or even have the desire to be bookkeepers or accountants in our own business, and that's okay. That's why we have amazing professionals just like Megan from Finding Freedom Financial Services. Megan is the founder of Finding Freedom Financial, and her goal is to help business owners find confidence and clarity when it comes to their small business finances. She provides bookkeeping and tax services for women who get anxious and confused about what they should be doing when it comes to their books. I would highly encourage that you reach out to Megan at Finding Freedom Financial and see if her bookkeeping services could be the right fit that you've been looking for. FindingFreedomFinancial.com. Check it out. Connect with Megan. Let's see what we can do about getting you accurate books for 2024.